slowing down isn't celebrated in our capitalist culture. It has real costs. But not slowing down has even greater costs to our well-being and our spirit. On this week's episode of Tune In with Marcy, I'm exploring the call to slow down. I discuss what is burnout and what are the symptoms. The often missed spiritual symptoms of burnout, how slowing down replenishes our mind, body, and spirit, four ways our spirit or soul can support us when we rest, and a practice to develop your personalized plan to slow down right now. I'm Marcy Moberg, and this is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer, Marcy Moberg, and I'm so happy that you're here today. When I sat down to create this week's episode, I found myself honestly stumped because I have a very long list of topics and questions that I can talk about on this podcast. And usually one will just jump off the page and kind of like light me up, but nothing felt inspiring to me. So I wondered like, okay, well, (laughs) what was I going to do? And I thought maybe also part of this pause inside of me was maybe a sense that season two is uh, coming to completion and it's time to maybe take a break and reflect on what I want to bring to the podcast for season three. So as I started reflecting on what's most present for me these days, honestly, two words came to me and that's slowing down. It's what my soul craves the most right now, which is rest and a slower pace and a sleepy summer in this ongoing pandemic. And as I stayed with the topic, I realized that slowing down has been front and center in my client work as well. Along with many conversations I've had with dear friends, everyone's feeling really tired right now. And I feel like I personally feel the wear and tear of the pandemic. I see my clients feeling the wear and tear of the pandemic. I see my friends feeling the wear and tear of the pandemic. And and I'm feeling that myself both professionally and personally. I haven't had my regular vacations away to recharge. It's kind of like every single time we think like, okay, maybe things are, are coming to a place where it could be safe or feel like it's aligned with us and comfortable to go uh, you know, get on the plane and step away and go on vacation. <laughs> it's like something changes. And as a person with uh, chronic illness and a sensitive uh, nervous system, not, not nervous system, a sensitive um, immune system, I mean, I have a sensitive nervous system too, but the main thing is the immune system, um, delicate immune system, I have to be careful of that. So I haven't really gotten to take a break, a significant break, like I usually do and step away from the day-to-day. And my clients uh, really throughout this whole pandemic have faced unprecedented levels of stress and burnout and trauma more and more and more than I've ever seen before in the, the last seven years of doing this work. And my everyday, just like I'm sure yours does as well, continues to be impacted by changing pandemic dynamics and restrictions. And so I decided to dedicate this episode to slowing down. 
and what becomes possible in learning how to slow down. And as I talk about that, it's, it's really funny because my, my pup, my little puppy is next to me snoring. <laughs> she, she knows how to slow down. <laughs> Slowing down isn't celebrated in our capitalist culture because it has real costs. For example, remember when professional tennis player Naomi Osaka decided not to do press conferences to support her mental health during the French Open? Yeah, officials said that they would fine her if she followed through. <laughs> There's a cost. <laughs> and in the end, you know, good for her. She decided to withdraw anyways. And, you know, kind of just basically withdraw completely from the competition to focus on her mental health. But it had a cost, right? Or the way that earnings for women fall. On average, $1,861 in the first quarter after giving birth relative to pre-birth earnings. This is big. That's a lot of money. And they say, researchers say it takes women five quarters, five quarters, so that's a year and three months after giving birth to recover pre-birth pay levels. Most shocking of all is that researchers say women don't return to their pre-birth earning paths. That's significant. And I know the impact of slowing down firsthand, like the costs of it. I've taken two breaks from this podcast in the past two years for different health reasons or personal reasons of what was happening with my family. And each time I've taken a break, my listenership drops and it takes months to regain again. And I had the greatest income month since the start of the pandemic this March. As an entrepreneur, I saw an impact in my income from the pandemic, like a lot of entrepreneurs. And I finally felt like my income was coming back to a healthier place this March. But rather than continuing to grow, I took a massive hit after suffering a miscarriage and needing time away to heal. And following that, I had some of the lowest income months I've had in seven years. So we can't hide from the fact that our capitalist system and the rewards that fuel it devalue slowing down or taking a break. I think this is really not okay and we need to have some serious conversations about it. And I know that we've been having them, but I think we need to have way more of them. And part of me having this podcast and naming some of the things I just named about in my own work is to be more vulnerable about those costs because I think a lot of times those costs are hidden from the public eye. We're not, they aren't talked about. And sometimes, particularly my clients who are socialized as women and or identify as women, I see um, them make stories about, up about how it's their fault rather than acknowledging that this is a systemic problem. This is a systemic problem. But also at the same time, not slowing down, I believe, has even greater costs to our well-being. And I think that those costs are greater than the other costs that come from the systemic problem of a system that does not reward, honor, or acknowledge slowing down. Right now, burnout is on the rise. In a survey of 1,500 U.S. workers, only over half 52% of survey respondents 
are experiencing burnout in 2021, which is up from 43% who said the same thing in uh, Indeed's pre-COVID-19 survey. So that's a big increase. We're looking at um, almost more than 10%, like about 10% increase in burnout. And let's talk about what is burnout. Burnout is a state of emotional and physical exhaustion brought upon by long periods of constant unrelenting stress. Well, that kind of sounds like just the pandemic itself, doesn't it? (laughs) And it renders you feeling depleted and dejected. So what are the signs of burnout? Here are three main areas of symptoms. These come from an article written by the Institute for Quality and Efficiency in Healthcare that I found. And the first bucket or area is exhaustion. And the way that they talk about this is people affected feel drained and emotionally exhausted, unable to cope, tired and down and don't have enough energy. Physical symptoms include things like pain and gastrointestinal, stomach or bowel problems. Uh, Gastrointestinal problems are something that I've been seeing a lot in my client work over the last, you know, year and a half, but especially say like the last maybe six months or so. Another uh, area is alienation from work-related activities. So what the way that they talk about this is people who have burnout find their jobs increasingly stressful and frustrating. It doesn't, you know, th- these are people who maybe actually really enjoy their job. And then suddenly their job is just like, it just feels extremely stressful. It feels extremely frustrating. They may start to feel cynical about their working conditions and their colleagues And at the same time, they may increasingly distance themselves emotionally and start to feel numb about their work. So there's kind of like a a distancing, a disconnection that starts to happen with work, even when someone's work is maybe really meaningful or they really enjoy it. Another one that they, this institute talks about is reduced performance and burnout may mainly affects everyday tasks at work, at home or when caring for family members. So people with burnout are very negative about their tasks, find it hard to concentrate, are listless and lack creativity. Some other examples can include uh, physical symptoms such as headaches and sleeplessness, quickness to anger and closed thinking. Of course, there is some nuance here between people who suffer from burnout and people who suffer from depression. Burnout is often relieved and subsides with slowing down and rest. So it's something that if you bring this remedy of slowing down, resting, taking breaks from work, etc., then the symptoms are relieved and subside. Whereas depression, on the other hand, persists. It persists despite resting. It, it persists despite a reset and slowing down. That's, I think, a really important distinction. But we've talked about some emotional, mental, some of the physical impacts of burnout, but there are also important spiritual symptoms of burnout as well. So let's talk about those next. Hey there, Marcy here. Speaking of the power of healing, I believe at the center of all healing 
is a reconnection to our intuition, the seat of our inner truth and authenticity. Now, the question is, how do we do that? I would say that we learn how to hear and trust our inner voice. That's really what it comes down to. And I would love to invite you to watch my free masterclass, Hear Your Inner Voice, where I explore this topic and I explore the three main obstacles to hearing our intuition and how to address them. You will walk away with practical exercises and tips that you can start implementing right away. And those three obstacles that I notice the most are self-doubt, knowing the difference between fear and intuition, and discerning our own heart's guidance. You can watch this free masterclass now at marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to share with you more. Here are some spiritual symptoms of burnout. The first is stressful or chaotic dreams. This is something that I see happen a lot in my personal life, as well as my client work when someone is experiencing burnout. So for example, a fast moving car that you can't seem to find the brake for, or chaos in your environment that you try to get out of the way and into safety, or just like quitting. In fact, dreams about quitting, particularly they're usually dreams about me quitting my last job before I became an entrepreneur, before I became an intuitive coach and healer. When I have those dreams, it's usually some of the first signs I receive to slow down if I'm not paying attention. Another example is what we might call dream droughts. So for example, you're normally an active dreamer, but then lately you don't remember any of your dreams. You have just kind of like the sudden drop in dreams that lasts for a prolonged period of time. That could sometimes be a sign of burnout and or soul loss. Sometimes both things happen at the same time. Another is a dull interest in what normally brings you spark. So for example, you love painting and watercolor and you can't seem to find the joy or feel it every single time you pick up your paintbrush lately. Or the work you know is connected to your life's purpose seems to feel meaningless. Another is skipping meaningful self-care or spiritual practices. So for example, let's say you have this really, really lovely morning routine that you've established with meditation, but over time you start to skip your meditation and then it's not like you just skip it and then you return to it. Examples of burnout when you need to start slowing down is when you just leave it all together. It's like you just, whatever, you just leave the meditation, you leave the spiritual practice, you leave the self-care practice that's important because your to-do list seems so long that you just convince yourself that you don't have time for meditation or these meaningful practices anymore. And another one is confusion about your inner truth. So for example, you felt really clear about your next steps before, but now you're like, I don't know, I have no clue. (laughs) Like what felt really clear, the same thing suddenly feels really not clear. And your path feels like it's covered by dense fog. You can't sense what does or does not feel in alignment with your soul. These all can be spiritual symptoms of burnout and the need to slow down. Burnout really just kind of smothers, we could say, the spark of your soul's fire, your soul's force. So now that we've talked about the spiritual symptoms of burnout, let's explore how slowing down actually starts to revive our spirit. 
Slowing down replenishes our mind, our body, and our spirit. When we rest, we recalibrate, we replenish our nervous system. And as our nervous system gets a true reset, like when that actually happens, our mental chatter decreases. And as our mental chatter decreases, winds down, our mind starts to kind of come into a more settled place, a wise part of ourselves can pretty much just kind of take the mic. And that's where our intuition comes in. So have you ever noticed how your best creative ideas come in a relaxing shower? Or that you finally have a breakthrough while drinking tea and just staring out the front window doing nothing? Our intuition, which is, we could say, the voice of our soul, the voice of our guides, the voice of our ancestors, those guiding wise ancient powers in our life, lives and breathes in the space in between. And one of the simplest ways we can create more space in our lives is to slow down. So when we honor the call to slow down, our spirit can step in and support us to hear our inner wisdom, hear our wounds, be more present in our lives, and feel more joy, fun, and pleasure. Now the question becomes, okay, how do we start slowing down? And for some of this, this us, this may mean incremental. And for some others, this may mean like a really big chunk of time. Everyone is, is unique and different. I don't believe in prescribed ideas around slowing down. I believe in what works, you know, it's like what works for you is what I recommend. So for example, Let's say several five to 10 minute breaks throughout a single day consistently may be reviving for one person. Maybe that's you. Maybe including five to 10 minute breaks throughout your day consistently every single day, that does enough to allow your system to slow down, to start to recuperate, to start to feel more restful, to start to come back to center. For another person, they may need one hour each morning and night to journal, to meditate, to drink coffee, tea, do nothing, whatever that is, but they might need more space and time, for example, on a dedicated daily basis. And then yeah, another person might be like, wow, I, my system is so depleted. I actually need a large chunk of time off. So I need like a 10 day retreat to completely unplug a five day vacation, whatever that is. So an act a big chunk of time. There's no right or wrongs in this. It's just a matter of what does your system need and what's going to work for you, what's going to support you the most. So regardless of what slowing down looks like, it is really important to answer the request when our mind, body, and our spirit calls. So I want to share a couple ideas now about how to make a personal plan to slow down. And the first one is I want to invite you to make a list of 10 positive impacts slowing down could bring to your life. Now, if writing the list for yourself feels too hard, sometimes, you know, sometimes we're just really not graceful with ourselves. We're very hard with ourselves. If you are a uh, perfectionist, you struggle with perfectionism, then you likely want to do the following, which is make the list of 10 positive impacts with a hardworking loved one in mind. So Imagine this list for your, you know, beloved best friend. Imagine this list for your partner. Imagine this list for your mother, whoever that is. But just think of a loved one who's really hardworking 
and the 10 positive impacts you could see could come into their life from slowing down. And write that list with them in mind. But then, when you read the list back, read it for yourself. Because it's really not about your best friend. It's not about your uh, you know, partner, your mother. It's about you. But sometimes we need to step out of us in order to do that. Another way to think about that is you could think about um, a younger version of yourself. And imagine, like, what could you tell that younger version of yourself? What could be the 10, impact, 10 positive impacts of slowing down that you could tell a younger version of yourself or a child, whatever that is? Whatever you can do to access that uh, mode of compassion to be able to see a brighter perspective and recognize, wow, there's, there's a lot of positive impacts, and let me write them down. So then I want to invite you to read the list back to yourself. And then you add five more positive impacts. So now you'll have 15. So for example, think about the positive impacts on yourself, on your relationship, on your work, on your creativity, your mind, your body, your spirit. I promise you there's like way more than 15, but (laughs) we're starting there so that you have something to go on. And you have something to justify to yourself, to the parts of yourself that says, no, I can't slow down for you to say, but look at what, look at what could be possible if I slowed down. And now I want to invite you then, after you've done that, to brainstorm three options for slowing down. And these could be tiny changes, like five to 10 minute breaks between major tasks. So you finish a task, you pause, you take a break, and you move to the next task. Or you put a a block of time, you know, like 15 minutes between meetings and it says busy on your calendar, but your quote unquote busy time in that moment is just breathing for like five to 10 minutes. And then the remainder of five minutes, like preparing for the meeting, whatever that is. Another could be a medium change, like restructuring one hour a day, or maybe you want to restructure your weekends. Maybe you want to restructure your Saturday mornings. You want to restructure your whole Saturday, whatever that is. And another could be big changes, like you book a long vacation or you ask a loved one to help with the kids every single Thursday so you have more me time. Whatever that is, brainstorm three options for slowing down. And then choose one to put in place right now. So set up tiny blocks of busy time between your meetings over the next week. And during the short breaks, focus on your breathing and notice what happens over a whole week of doing that, what shifts. Book the vacation that you've been putting off following, of course, pandemic safety. Um, And hey, it can even be a staycation. I have some small versions of staycation planned for myself right now because of COVID safety. So the last year and a half have been tough on all of us. I think that's really, I mean, I know that we know that, but like, let's continue to acknowledge that for ourselves because I think sometimes we can forget and we can get hard on ourselves. And it's important to recognize there are some very real impacts of what's been happening on top of perhaps just general workplace stress. I believe the more we decide to honor slowing down despite what society tells us and even the costs, we will slowly turn the tide of cultural change. And one of my deepest dreams is to be a part of and witness cultural healing around this 
issue because it has impacted me so many times in my life and it has almost taken me out so many times in my life. And I want to dream of a future where slowing down is rewarded. I want to dream of a future where communities come together to pool financial resources so mothers who give birth don't feel a pay loss when they step away to give birth and go through that process and tend to their babies during the first several months of life. I want to see a a situation where communities take care of that gap and then eventually I want to see structurally where employers continue to pay their female employees when they step away to give birth. That's important. I want to see where the business of entrepreneurs who center the well-being of themselves and their staff receive even more sales during times of rest, during breaks, during times where they decide to give uh, mental health days for their employees. Like, let's, let's support them even more. Let's step in. Your therapist, your healer, your practitioner is taking time off to nourish their system, buy more sessions from them, um, buy courses from them, buy uh, products on someone's uh, website who is maybe taking a step away from more active things but still has uh, passive things that you could participate in. Whatever that looks like, um, I have... Uh, I know someone who works in the restaurant industry and, you know, they, they've structurally built into the restaurant that they have like a, a specific line item on their bill where well-being, staff well-being is financed by every single person that comes into the restaurant um, and opportunities for people to kind of pay uh, up front during pandemic time to support them. And so I think we need to think more creatively in this way about how we as consumers can help create that and also how we structurally as a society can create that, how we as communities can do more of this and where we cheer on and back people in the public or the private eye. So whether it's like a, you know, a a famous athlete, like the example I shared before, or someone in our personal life, Um, where we cheer them on and we back them for no longer opting into burnout culture. And we say, yeah, I got you. I'll be there for you. Uh, How can I, whatever that looks like, could be financial, could be in somebody's personal life. It could be, um, if it's someone public, like publicly cheering them on. It could be, you know, meal trains, uh, organizing a bunch of, you know, meals to support someone to feed them. It could be, Uh, cleaning services for, um, you know, a couple who's moved and is starting a new house or starting a new family, like whatever it is. Like, I just want to see us find ways where we cheer and back people on uh, structurally at a collective level level, and personally on a personal level for no longer opting into burnout culture. It's time for this to change. And I hope that this episode is inspiring you to foster some creative change in your own life around how you can personally start to slow down and how you can cheer people on in your life and in your circles for slowing down as well. Did you love this episode as much as I did creating it? I really hope so. This is a topic I'm very passionate about. And if so, I want to invite you to please share this episode with one friend. One of the easiest ways to share podcast episodes is to use the share button in the app where you're listening. 
for example, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Apple uh, apps like this really make it easy to copy and share the link or even simply share through a direct message to your loved one. It's definitely my favorite way to, sh- favorite way to share episodes and ensures more people will benefit from the podcast. So during the month of August, I am honoring my own call to slow down. I have a lot of really beautiful plans for the fall and some exciting uh, teaching opportunities I want to share with you, opportunities for you to learn with me. And in order for me to show up to those, I definitely need to slow down. And this means that the podcast will air some of my favorite past episodes throughout the month of August. So they will be kind of like uh, reruns, re-airs. And if you want to support my break, please keep listening. Please keep tuning in. Please keep sharing. Um, Keep sharing. And as a bonus, share a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This ensures that people continue to benefit from this labor of love that I've created. It takes a lot of hours to create one podcast episode, a lot of hours, like a good chunk of my time goes to this podcast. And I want to, you know, encourage you to, to benefit. So it's like share and continue to support this labor of love and support, support me in my rest. This is one way that you can act on what we talked about today. And I want to just thank you in advance for spreading them for inspiration, being a part of changing the cultural tides in your own life, and, uh, and in the lives of others. For now, I will leave you with my personal mantra, and that is, being you takes courage. Make sure to still tune in next week. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast, Tune In with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode, and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review, ideally five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode, and you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.